stretched open wide, barely hanging on to life, left to suffer on your own. You came for all mankind to bridge the great divide, and somehow ended up alone. Because of all the blood and grief you shed, I will never know that kind of loneliness. Your spirit never leaves me, even when I'm
Adel has asked me to read the scriptures this morning from Mark chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Mark chapter 2, from verses 1 through 12. So you'll see it on the screen, or you can follow it in the scriptures as well. It says, And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, being a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went into the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. May God bless the reading of his word. Thank you, Dee. And thank you, Ginny. Because of you, I'll never walk alone. Did you get that? Because of Jesus, we'll never walk alone. And thank you, Dean, for reading this for me so we can have more time uh, uh, sharing with the congregation here. Uh, This morning, I'd like to share with you uh, a little bit of this story that we read. And I want to give it a title. I normally uh, don't think of titles, but this If Christ visits our church, what will he find? If Christ visits our church. This story is very well known, and I tell you one thing. Lorraine, uh, uh, I'm sure she has it in her Bible that I preached it 10 years ago or maybe 11 or 12, she, she, she takes notes of what I preach, and she comes and shares with me, and I am looking at this uh, story from a different angle, and I'm sure if you preach on it, the preachers who preach on it, they always have, because the Word of God is rich. The Word of God, it changes. The Word of God is totally different every time you look at it, but positively different to each and every one of us. Christ If Christ were to come and visit our church, 
or visit our town like he visited Capernaum of old, long time ago, what would he find? What would he find? I want you to pay attention to what I'm going to share with you. What would he experience? What would he see in the hearts of the people? What would he see in our homes? Would he see an energetic, dedicated, compassionate family? Or would he see things otherwise? Would he find in our homes the same things that we found in the home that he visited that day in Capernaum 2,100 years ago? Well, to make a long story short, let's look at the things he found and let's meditate on that for a, maybe close to half an hour or maybe less. What do you think he found at the very beginning when he came? I, uh, you, you can go and study this at home and you might find, you might find 10, 10 things that he found. But I picked up three things for the sake of time. The very first thing I think he found, hearers. Hearers. I hope you agree with me. And these hearers, uh, the Bible says, they were mostly there to criticize the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's call them now hearers. Luke tells us in that same portion that when he had visited that home there and they were in attendance, he says, curiosity seekers, distinguished audience, and cold-blooded critics. Uh, Luke was a doctor and he, was, he, he knew how to describe people. So they occupied the best seats in the house and so often were in the way of the Savior. Other people were there and a large crowd blocked the windows, the doors, every entrance to that because Jesus was there and they were expecting him to heal people and do miracles. Many come to Jesus nowadays with different motives. Some come to hear and thank God for those who come to hear the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope if you're a hearer this morning still, if you are a hearer, you will listen to the Lord Jesus Christ of what he has to say, especially to the man who came to him. And you will, if you're not saved, take the Lord Jesus Christ as your own savior and your life will change after that. Some came to evaluate him, to critique him. I hope we have no one here who comes in to critique because we don't come to church to critique people. We come to church to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. You agree to that? You agree. Okay, let's loosen up a little bit. We come to church, we come to church to worship God, to hear a good message, to see what God wants us. Why do people go to church? 
I, got, uh, I used to go to church and myself, I can talk about that, I used to go and critique the speaker. That's me. Before I got saved. And I used to come my dad, I said, today I heard, I was at the Presbyterian church and I heard this preacher and he spoke such and such. I tell you, he is not bad, as if I knew more. I wasn't saved at all. I was one of those. I hope there's none of those here. And we have come this morning to hear the word of God. There's some who uh, criticize the singing. There's some who criticize the, the, way, the way we worship God, who criticize the church. You can't stop that. If they're coming for that, well, and good for them. But this is not why we come to church. We come to church to worship a living Christ and to hear his word, to get convicted, to see what God wants us to do, and go ahead and do it and obey it. Some people attend when it's convenient. How many times do you hear someone, you're talking to someone, you say, go to church. Of course I go to church. I go to church on Christmas, on Easter, and I honor God. Well, that's not the way God expects us to be. Some of these scribes, they were sitting there. And let me tell you what they were saying. In verse 6. There were some of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, evaluating, evaluating. And they are saying, why does this man speak that way? Who are they evaluating? Who are they criticizing there? The Lord Jesus Christ. They're criticizing the way of speech, the way he is Telling the man, your sins are forgiven. And I tell you one thing. If I want to go to church and I want to sit there and not hear anything about my sins and how Christ came and died on the cross to save me from sin, I have no place, no, nothing to do there. I want to hear something for me, something for my heart, someone to talk to my heart and address me and address my situation. There's a burden. A person who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a burden that he's carrying or she is carrying, and they don't know that burden is sin. And they want to come and hear the Lord talk to them. And they were saying, look what they were saying. He's blaspheming. Wow. Wow. People criticizing God himself, saying he's blaspheming. Do you find some of those today? Are they in existence today? So many people deny that the book that we have in our own hands is God's book. And there's no other book under the sun that comes close to this book. They can write books, but they are, it's not the holy word. They can write any, 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 any Bibles they call, but there is not, there's only one Bible, the Bible that is inspired 
by the Holy Ghost given to us to live by it and obey it. This is why I want to come to church. This is why I want what I want to hear. And these people, these people who came and says, he is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? They forgot. They were face to face before God himself. There's a type. I would like to tell you about that, and I want to be very candid with you. There is such a type today. They, they, so, they are so-called Christians. You ask them, they are a Christian. And they, you know what they do? They go from church to church, seeking a preacher to tickle their ears. And these people, they were following Jesus from, where, from one place to another. They, did it change? You think it changed? I met so many in my life about these people. They come to church, they say three months, their ears are not tickled, out we go to another church. Another five months, three months, maybe less, and then they go to another place to find some church or a preacher or a certain, a certain speaker there to tickle their ears and agree with what they think. We are not coming to church to make Jesus Christ agree to what we think or with what we think. We come to church to listen to God and bring our life to the same standard that he is. We come to church to agree with him, to accept him. And these people did not go to church. And they are available there. They are everywhere. They go to church where they feel good. Well, I don't want to be in church that makes me feel good. I want to be in church that always corrects me and makes me the man after God's own heart. Yes? These people are self-centered. They're only there to promote themselves and disturb the congregation. If you meet them, stay away from them. And we thank God we don't have them here. So don't worry, I'm not addressing anyone in attendance. But it's for you to know they are there and we might have them and they might come to disturb you and disturb the congregation but know them because look at them once and the Bible says you shall know them by their that's it that, that brings it to end and allow me to call them hindrances He found hearers, but at the same time, there were critiques or critics and hindrances. I came across a story, and you are in the church, and you're hearing me. You're going to hear the word of God, and we hear it from behind the pulpit. And here's, here's a story about two friends. They went to the same church. So Jim went to the church one Sunday morning. He heard the organist miss a note. Gloria, don't, don't hide yourself. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> he said he heard Gloria miss a note. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> and he winced. He saw a teen 
talking when everyone else was praying. He felt certain the usher was not doing a proper job. It made him boil. Five times by actual count, he caught the preacher in slip of the tongue mistakes. Wow, <laughs> if this guy is here, I'm out. <laughs> I'm doomed. I'm done. <laughs> Thank God he's not here. And if you are, don't talk to me. <laughs> During the invitation, anyway, he slipped out the side by the side door and all that while muttering to himself, what a waste of time. So his friend Ron went to church also. He heard the pianist play an arrangement of a mighty fortress is our God. And he was stirred to worship by the majesty of it. A special missions offering was received. And he was glad that the church was doing what they could for people around the world. He especially appreciated the sermon that Sunday. It really spoke to a need in his heart and his life. He thought as he shook the preacher's hand and left, how can anyone come here and not feel the presence of the Lord? Both men, I leave it up to you, were in the same church attending the same service. And you know what? Each found what he was looking for. May I ask you an honest question this morning? What are you looking for when you come to church? These people were then, were there over 2,000 years ago. And there are some today. Around us in many churches, they are doing the same thing. May God forbid that we be hearers critiquing everything. And you know what I call them, these people when they go to church? They are wreckers. Is that an English word? God help us. What did he find? Quickly we're going. Christ found helpless people. We read about the helpless man. He came to see him. The paralyzed man was helpless. He could not come to see Jesus. There was no one to carry him, to go from where he was at home to the place where Jesus was preaching. He had to have the assistance of others. Remember, he had to have the assistance of others. Keep that thought. This man was sick. He was a sinner. He was away from God. And we know why he was a sinner. Because God addressed him. He addressed his sin. And he commanded him 
to rise and walk, right? What a clear and a vivid picture of everyone who is a victim of sin. Sin paralyzes you. Sin is a cancer. And there is no medication you can take to heal you from sin. There is no solution. The world has created many solutions to heal you from sin. And expensive places to go to heal you. And it's not by resolutions that you can be healed from sin. I want to tell you something in brief. In brief, there is one healer. The name is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Period. It's not by vows and resolutions. This one was sick, and everyone who is a sinner needs the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not by altering the way of life. Don't you hear that? You have to alter, you have to change your environment and alter your way of life. It's not by being religious, nor by being a church member. It is impossible for a sinner by his own works to gain forgiveness from the Lord. It's not by work. It's not by doing. It's by opening your heart and accepting Jesus Christ as a substitute for you who died on the cross to save you from sin. Until the person comes face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ, as this man did in front of him, and confess his sin, spiritual healing comes, and a new life begins. And this man, I take it, was a symbol of everyone else, everyone around us. The Bible says, anyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. As this man heard at the end of his encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, he heard this word, your sins are forgiven. Arise and take up your bed and walk. When you come to Jesus and you are so sincere and admit that you're a sinner and confess your sins, you will never be a para paralyzed person again. You will rise and walk and walk in the newness of life. Amen. And the word of the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he becomes a new creation. All things pass away, paralysis is gone, behold, everything has become new. He was there, and today amongst us there are sinners. Let us pray that if there is someone here this afternoon who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Stop taking all these medications that the world gives and take Jesus Christ. One shot of Jesus will heal you and set you free. The third point, and that's the last point. What we find there, we found first the hearers the critiques, and then we found 
those who are sick, sinners. And thirdly, we found helpers. We found helpers. I call them builders. The previous one were wreckers, right? Here comes the builders. When he came to Jesus, he was carried away, right? Because he was a paralytic man. He was carried away. And how many people carried him? Four. Okay, we read it. He was carried by four. The Bible says he was carried by four. Did the Bible give us their names? Did you ever think of that? The nameless four. Let's call them the nameless four. And and they represent all who have rendered significant service to the Lord Jesus Christ by helping others. As we said, we are going to call them this morning or this afternoon helpers and builders. What did they have? They have four characteristics. When you go home and when you read it, you might find ten characteristics about them. I take four because of time. First and foremost, they had a compassionate heart. Do you agree with that? They had a compassionate heart. Who were they? We don't know. Were they neighbors? Perhaps. And perhaps I thought while I was studying this that one of them was healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know. You know one thing? I give you a homework. When you get to heaven, go to one of them because there you will know their names. And ask them, did you know Jesus before you helped that paralytic man? He will tell you. And what's your name? We don't know. It's good that the Lord kept their names hidden from us. You know why? Because if you want to help, it's good to help without taking any any credit for it. It's good to do good and forget about it. It's good to help others and give the glory to God. And you, if you are the the man or the woman with no name, let it be. Let it be. You don't want to be rewarded here. When you stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, your name will be called. Can you imagine amongst the thousands and millions of people that your name will be called? What have I done? He will call you. Luke, come over here. That day, you help this paralytic man come to Jesus Christ. And you want him to the Lord Jesus Christ. Go do good and forget the credit. And do it with all your heart. Do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. They did not, these four, they came, they gathered themselves. They said, say, our neighbors need help. Okay? The one said, I'll give him my donkey. Well, how can a paralytic man ride on a donkey? Huh? No. And then... With their creativeness, they made a little stretcher, like a little bed. And they got him in that, and they carried him, one on each corner, and they took him to Jesus Christ. You know, as I said, they were compassionate. How many times we hear about people suffering, people in agony. And you know, many times we say, 
we offer the usual words. How many times do you hear, we will pray for you? We'll keep you in our prayers, right? But here, Christians, when we say we pray, we pray. This is a praying church. And you better keep it that way. Oh, we'll keep you in our prayers. And they turn back and forget about him. Uh, how, many, how many most probably saw him and they didn't do anything about him? Helpless, hopeless, sick. No one cares for him. But they decided to do something about it. They decided. The second point, they had faith in Jesus Christ and his power. Why would they carry him? We don't know the distance. Why would they carry him if they didn't know deep inside and they were sure that Jesus can heal him? And when you come to Jesus, let us come by faith, knowing whatever we need according to his will, he will do it. And we, when we pray for the sick, when we pray for, when we have prayer meetings, when we pray, do you believe that God is going to answer prayers? Jessica, I believe. And I believe. And we should believe. And these people had faith. As I said, perhaps one or two of them were in touch with Jesus Christ. They knew him before. At any rate, they laid down a plan. And they said altogether, how to get our friend there. Do you work to get people to church? Do you have a plan to take people to Jesus Christ? I, we've said, well, uh, my method is different. Use it. I don't care about your method. By car, by donkey, by horse, by, by trail, by plane. That's your method. That's fine. Use it for the Lord Jesus Christ. They were creative. And finally, they got, they found a way, they carried him and took him to Jesus. We said they were compassionate, they had faith in Christ and his power. Thirdly, they believed in cooperation. They believed in cooperation. They were determined, the very first thing. They were determined and had courage to overcome all obstacles. Here they are, said, okay, we got him, and they reached the house. And the house outside, inside, is overcrowded. People sitting at the windows. Uh, during the days of Christ, the, all houses were flat roof. All of them flat roof. And if you want to get to the roof, there's a stair uh, outside, you go there. I used them because my uncle had a house like this, and we used to go up on the roof outside stairs. Okay? I said, what is this? We couldn't. The crowd were there. They, the doors were full. Everything was blocked, and they couldn't see anybody to help them, and no one cared because Jesus was inside, and they were hearing him. And maybe people said, you know what? I tell you one thing, for your sake and for this man, go home and come back tomorrow. Try tomorrow. Did they give in to that? No. It is impossible to reach Jesus. There is always possibility to reach Jesus. 
Satan puts on blocks. Satan puts on all kinds of things between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. Others look at them with pity and perhaps sarcasm. You go home, guys. Did they go home? Did they give up? These are the builders. These are the helpers. They did not give up. And whatever your responsibility in the church of God, and you know that you are helping in any way, form, or shape, never give up what you're doing. Never give up your responsibilities. Do you think these people's responsibilities was such a big, large? No. They were to carry people and get him to Jesus. Whatever you're doing for the Lord Jesus Christ and to keep his church going forward, do it and God will compensate you someday. Give up. We are not to give up. This is not a place where to give up. Jesus is inside. We reached the point. It's a couple of steps. And they looked and said, one of them most probably says, hey, let's take the stairs up to the roof. They dug the, they dug the roof. And my last point, they were determined to overcome every difficulty presented to them. As I said, they are builders. They dug the roof and brought them in face to face before Jesus. Let me ask you a question. And before that, did Jesus see the man? The master is busy. He cannot see you. Look at how many people block his presence. You can't even get to him. Well, there's a saying that says, when there's a will, there's a way. And their will was the will of God. They climbed, broke the roof up, and let the man down. The rest is Christian history. What happened to the man? He was healed. What happened to the sick man? The Bible says he was carried on a bed, but after meeting with Jesus Christ, he carried his bed and went walking. That's what Jesus does. And before I end up, that's my question. Are you a hinderer? Are you a helper? Are you the man who is paralyzed with sin? Or are you a builder? Ask yourself this question today. And if there's anyone here today, he needs Jesus to touch him, to change his life as he changed the life of this man. This is the time. Don't say tomorrow. They told him, come back. It's, you can't see the master. There might not be a tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day 
of accepting the Lord Jesus as Savior. And those of you who are working to build, keep on building. The day will come when you stand before the Master himself and he will say, well done. Well done and well done. Enter into the rest of your Master. Let's bow our heads. Ask the Lord these questions. Am I, am I a hinderer in this church? Jesus is visiting here. Am I blocking the way? Am I that person who needs Christ, who is sick and needs Christ? Am I the builder that God wants me to be? Am I the real helper? Let's ask our questions. And you give this yourself the, the answer. And I pray with all my heart that no one leaves this place before settling and having an answer. If you're unsaved, Lord, save me and change my life. If you haven't been doing what you need to do for the Lord Jesus Christ, say from now on, I want to do it with zeal. I want to serve you with zeal. I want to be a builder, Lord. And I, would, I don't want to be a wrecker. I don't want to be a wrecker. I don't want to be a neutral man. I want to be a man to serve you for the rest of my life. Pray your prayer in your heart. And may the Lord lead you for the right answer. And the answer that he told the man, he told him, rise, carry your bed, and walk. And he did. Rise from your sin. And walk with Jesus Christ. Our Father, we thank you this afternoon for the privilege of being in your place, in your church. And we thank you that you've been with us. And you are the one who said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Help us, Lord, to be builders. Help us not to be hearers and a bunch of critics but to be compassionate, to have faith, to have courage, and never to give up and live to honor you for the rest of our lives. Have mercy on your people, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. The meeting is over. God bless you and be with you. If there's someone who wants to talk to me about the message or to pray with me, I'll be available here in the front seat. And may God... Give you a great afternoon today.